This is Smart Politics, and I'm your host, Anthony Arnold. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, then you know that this isn't your typical political podcast. There's more narrative and less straight politics. But this episode was going to be something different. It was going to be an episode about New Year's, about the ways in which our current moment would affect the holiday. There was even going to be a little history thrown in. That's not going to happen now. Instead, this episode is going to take a look at the ways in which our pandemic response has harmed my family. But it's not going to be an excuse for me to talk about the president. I am far more frustrated in the ways in which our Congress has failed. So you're going to hear my story first, followed by a conversation between myself and regular guest Francine Dash, a conversation that we hope will shine a light on the ways in which we've failed and what that failure has meant for regular people. If you're ready, then let's begin. When COVID first arrived in the United States, things were looking up for my family. I had just started a plan that was letting us pay off some debt, and my wife had just received a promotion at her job. She was going to become the director at her daycare. She spent most of February training for her new position, a position that meant more opportunity for her, but also meant a real boost to our family income. We could start saving money and planning things like family vacation. First wave of the pandemic came, her daycare closed. At first, we thought it was only a temporary closing. But as days turned into weeks, my wife received the news that the daycare was closing for good. Fortunately, there was help on the way. The CARES Act passed in March and with it the extra $600 in unemployment every week, which we needed because regular unemployment would have paid my wife in a month only slightly more than she was making every two weeks when she got the promotion. So we spent most of the summer doing fine. We stayed indoors, wore masks, and we used the income plus the stimulus checks to stay on top of bills and not fall behind. But the CARES Act only lasted until the end of July. So when August came, we were really concerned with what came next. At that time, most people thought another bill was coming shortly and would definitely be passed after Labor Day. That didn't happen. And so I took the next step and withdrew my savings right after Labor Day. Because unlike most, I didn't think a bill would pass anytime soon. We used that money to pay off our rent for months. Thus, to now. My wife has gone back to work. She injured her knee shortly after losing her job, so she was unable to work until fairly recently. But she's not working because she wants to. She's working because our emergency money has run out. And she, like many Americans, wants to create as much distance between our family and homelessness. And Congress, all these months later, still hasn't passed a single thing. After countless deadlines and 48-hour windows and negotiations and concessions, we still don't have anything. She's returning to a daycare, surrounded by strangers, adults and kids who she doesn't know, who could be exposing her, a diabetic, and our family to the disease. She's literally risking her life and our family's health because Congress won't do its job. She's not alone. Maybe you're doing the same thing. Maybe you know somebody who is. 
Maybe you know somebody who's gotten sick or even died because they had no choice but to keep engaging in the same unsafe behavior that we're all being told to stop. At this moment, the pandemic is worse than ever. And instead of doing the absolute minimum to help, our leaders across the board have decided to let us suffer. They aren't outraged. They aren't furious. They are more concerned with the politics of the pandemic than they are the very real impacts it's having on the rest of us. For months now, laser-focused on the presidential race, every single story and headline has seemed to revolve around that one thing. But in the background, thousands of Americans have been dying. Millions of Americans have been begging for assistance and praying that somebody, somewhere, would listen to their cries and take their needs seriously. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm pretty damn tired of it. What I want and what my wife wants is the same thing most of us want, to be safe, to be secure, to be able to look forward to the day when this is behind us and we can get back to living again. But we need help for that. And right now, that help is not on the way. Anthony, thank you so much for sharing your story and how this entire pandemic has affected your home and your family. I'd like to understand, how's your wife doing now? I understand she had an injury. Is she working hurt? Uh, yes, she is. Um, she Her knee injury, you know, she got surgery on it, and that helped. But recently, the pain has come back, actually, since she started going to work. You know, being in a daycare, she's up and down all the time. She's on the floor. She's sitting in, we all remember, very tiny chairs that aren't meant for adults. Um, and it's really re-aggravated her knee injury. Um, she's been in a lot of pain. Uh, just the other day, she had to take like four 200-milligram Tylenol um, just to make it through. So, yeah, she's, she's even considering using her crutches again. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Certainly wish her well as far as her healing is concerned. Um, Is there or would there be an opportunity for her to take time off to heal properly? Um, Not right now. There probably wouldn't be. Um, You know, she just got the job, so it's not like she could take off any. Um, And so there's really no other option but to just keep keep working with, uh, again, pretty, pretty bad pain at this point. And and what's it been like for her processing, basically having to start her career all over, having her business shut down completely? Yeah, uh, it's been hard. Um, she loves what she does. That's why she does it. And she had worked really hard to rise to the position of director. She uh, got an online degree in early childhood. Uh, put herself, you know, with minimal assistance from me, but she largely put herself through her degree program. Um, and she was really excited to become a director. You know, it was sort of the culmination of all her hard work and acknowledgement that the time she put in had meant something. So now she's, you know, back to being an aide in a room and, you know, doesn't feel great having hit the reset on your career because of something that was outside of your control. Now, where do things stand with your children 
Yeah. Are, I, there are changes I'm sure that they're having to cope with. Uh, yeah. Uh, my kids have not gone back to school at all. Uh, our oldest actually has, uh, she has autism. So I take that back. Our oldest has, she has autism and online learning was just a complete not started for her. We tried it for like two weeks and it just wasn't going to work at all. So recently Washington Township helped get her in a special school. So she's been able to go back to physical school. Um, but the other two are not, they are just at home every day doing schooling, probably next semester as well. Um, and it's been a struggle. Um, you know, last year in eighth grade, our daughter sort of came into her own. She was doing some groups. She was going to do track. She had done uh, uh, play in the fall. And that's all just, you know, freshman year in high school. and None of that's happening. Now, we've all been watching the responses of elected officials, and we've all been watching the impact that COVID-19, the pandemic has had on our country. Uh, you've alluded to this a little bit before, but as you watch the responses of elected officials to this pandemic, are you satisfied that they understand the impact of the American on the American family? Uh, no. You know, there was a lot of talk last week uh, about negotiations and they were getting close and now it's drifted away again, mm-hmm. which is what's been happening since the CARES Act ended. It's sort of, you know, it gets hot for like 48 hours and everyone says, oh, we're, we're very close to a deal. And then it goes away again for like a month. So in my lifetime, I think this is the worst congressional response I've ever seen to any single issue. And I don't know how people, older people may feel differently, you know, but what, with what I've seen, this is the worst congressional response. This is the most irresponsible thing they could have done. You know, one reason I think to pass legislation back in Labor Day was because when the pandemic got worse in the winter, you wanted people to be financially secure enough to stay home. You don't want people out going to work right now or feeling like they have to. You want them to be able to stay home for two or three weeks right. if they need to or a month if they need to mm-hmm. because we just got to make it to like when the vaccine comes. We like You just got to ride it out for a few more months. Um, and they're not. They're forcing Americans to make these crazy compromises and these insane decisions. And they're telling us that like, we should be really careful in our personal lives. Like I shouldn't go to a bar or you shouldn't go out to meet a friend. And then they're also forcing us to go to work for 45 hours a week. (laughs) You brought up something in your response to my last question, which leads me to my last question for you. There's been a lot of talk about vaccinations and um, there's been a lot of questions for some people as to whether or not the vaccinations are going to be safe for everyone. would the vaccinations be a help to you and your family? Is this something that you would encourage your family members to to do? Yeah. It would be nice to be able to go to work and, like, not worry about, is this kid safe? Or mm-hmm. is this, you know, is my co-teacher, like, is that a normal cough or is that, like, a COVID cough? That's a very real thing. <laughs> it's yeah. that people are afraid to cough in public now. Yep. Yes. Yep. I am. Because I don't want to freak people out. Right, right. Totally and so, you know, a, a vaccine is the only way out of this, whether we trust it or not. Um, and I know that I, I don't want that to sound flippant, but you know, just like it was with, um, you know, every other time we needed a vaccine, it's the only way out long term, like polio. Like you can't just let it go forever. Mm-hmm. There was only one way out and it's the vaccine. 
I think it's right to be concerned. I think it's right to be cautious. I think it's right to pay attention to all the news. That's what you should do. But there's no way for any of us to really live safely without a vaccine. Right. I really appreciate you sharing your story. I really appreciate you let me, letting me ask you these really deep questions about your family. And I hope that your family and families like yours, all of our families, can just ride this thing out until we are all in a better place. All right. Thank you. Thank you.